Welcome to Conversations from Here with me, Dana Ziegler. These candid, unfettered talks create connection and inspiration across the human story. These are the sharings of how we came to be ourselves, how we found our life's purpose, and how we made it from there to here. I speak with performers, artists, artisans, creators, innovators, entrepreneurs, and other remarkable people about what they do and how they came to do it. Also, the music you hear on this show is performed, as always, by Brad Watson. Hello, everybody. Another episode of me talking to myself, but I am also talking to you. Um, I wanted to... Uh, just kind of let you know what's been on my mind lately. It has been brought to my attention recently that I have not addressed a very important topic of our time. And before I tell you what that topic is, I will tell you my reasons why I haven't been addressing the topic. Um, for one thing, uh, and this is actually really good because when one is brought into an area of discomfort, this is the thing that helps you grow because you have to face a challenge. And life is not always, very often isn't, um, easy um, and isn't simple. So with that said, um, yeah, it's, it's wild because I can even feel it in my voice. I can feel tension because I have resistance to discussing this topic. And this is why, um, because it has created a lot of division. So to preface this, I had a friend reach out to me recently. And this is regarding our move to Tennessee. And she brought to my attention something that I wasn't speaking on and why wasn't I speaking on it and I should be outraged and why am I just talking about trivial things rather than lending my voice to a particular thing. So um, the reason that I haven't addressed this issue is because it's polarizing and I'm not particularly interested in creating controversy. Um, I tend to want to make people feel good and give them tools with which they can use to elevate, to live healthier lives, healthier and, um, you know. See, I'm even at a loss for words. Did you notice that? Um, I'm uncomfortable. And then the other thing was selfishly, I just wanted to enjoy my life and focus on building our world here in our little hamlet of Hendersonville, Tennessee. And we left a place which had a lot of volatility and a lot of strong opinions. And I've been enjoying not really being engaging with the world, to be honest with you, uh, because we're living in a time of polarization, of divisiveness, of extremes and you see this all the time you see it in people's conversations you see it in the media um, there's a lot of misinformation out there on both sides and I also believe that there is a larger agenda to 
divide us. Um, what I find interesting is that I tend to have conversations that are more fractious with people who are technically on my team, if you will, in air quotes, rather than people on the other side. And, and in a certain way, I maybe have a little bit more empathy with people who don't agree with me at all. Because <laughs> I can also understand where they come from. So the pros of discussing this topic, and yes, I know I'm, I'm keeping you in suspense. I don't mean to do that. Or maybe I do. Um, you can feel just as uncomfortable as I do right now, right? It's important to address this issue, uh, especially if one has a platform such as this. Um, now, I, I don't <laughs> claim to be an influencer. I don't claim to um, be speaking for anyone other than myself. But perhaps in telling this story, uh, maybe some of you can relate. So that could be a positive thing. And perhaps, keeping my fingers and toes crossed on this, that I can maybe create a, a venue for dialogue between warring factions. Um, I'm all about building bridges, and I believe strongly that we are stronger together than when we're not united. And, you know, hey, there's a lot of room for people to disagree and be in the same tent and to also view other people who perhaps don't believe as they do, to view them as fellow humans and not condemn them as other, because there's a lot of othering going on. So let me just take a quick little sip. Here are the ice cubes there. This is a sparkly water. I'm sitting in my office on a cloudy day, looking outside at trees and grass, and the animals are sleeping in another room, and Brad is out doing errands, so I thought it would be a good time to uh, talk about this. So the topic is abortion, and abortion rights, and it's a complicated issue, as all of you know, regardless of on what, regardless of what side of the argument you're on. And it is also possible to hold simultaneous, seemingly conflicting views on the subject. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and just tell you how I feel about it, if anybody cares. I, <laughs> I don't know if you do, and it's okay. And you don't have to agree with me, but um, one of the things that has been a bit scary, and this is after the overturning of Roe v. Wade, which has been around since 1973, and it was always kind of a thing that was always there. And I always felt like, oh, good, you know, it's always there. I, I know it's, it's a flawed decision, whatnot, whatever, but the fact is it was always there. It was precedent. It was kind of a sacred cow that nobody wanted to touch because it was going to create uh, a backlash and consternation and a very emotional outcry from a lot of people. There are also a lot of people who are celebrating it. Um, I don't happen to ascribe to that point of view. However, where we are now is that it has gone back to the states. And for those states' rights people, they're very pleased about it. 
because they don't think that the federal government has any business um, in this arena. And they might be right about that. However, uh, so it goes back to the states. And as it stands, this is, uh, this is August, what is the date today? It is August 10th, 2022. So two months ago, Roe was overturned, goes back to the states. And there have been 13 states, and this is what um, made me very concerned. There are 13 states that had so-called trigger laws on the books meaning that if Roe were overturned, the states would ban or mostly ban abortions in their states. Uh, Tennessee, which is where we live now, is one of those states. They have a pretty draconian rule right now, and there's an outright ban uh, that will be in August of, well, this month that's coming up. So I found that rather unsettling because um, in my experience, I have known people who have had um, a situation whereby uh, it was necessary for them uh, to have an abortion, and um, sometimes in the case of rape, and sometimes in the case of um, maybe they were using birth control and it failed, so they were being responsible, but um, nothing is perfect, right? So... I have a very strong empathy for that side of the argument. I believe that, and you know, I realize that there might be a backlash. I realize that I might be judged for this, but whatever. I'm just speaking from my heart here, guys. I believe that um, as, uh, not that I'm a huge Bill Clinton fan, but I think he said it best when he said, keep it safe, keep it legal, keep it rare. If women have access to birth control and uh, they're not subject to things like rape, incest, then uh, abortion will be a very rare thing indeed. And in fact, abortion rates have fallen significantly in more recent years. Unfortunately, probably what's going to happen is with the bans, it's not that people won't have abortions, it's that they will happen in ways that are not safe. Women will die. And there will be more of them. So, anyway, so that's where we are on that. Um, now, there is the issue of when does life begin? Well, you could argue that technically life begins at conception. However, um, and then heartbeat begins at six weeks or so. And then um, first trimester. And most states where abortion is legal, for example, um, California, Washington State, Oregon, many states actually, 20 states to be exact at the moment, 20 states out of 50. So the other 30 other have extreme limits or outright bans. Which is kind of chilling to me, actually. Um, anyway, where was I going with this? Um, so one could argue about when does, when does life begin? 
Now, most reasonable abortion laws have said, look, um, anything before 15 weeks, say, or first trimester, which is 12 weeks, um, it should be legal, no questions asked. And it should be, as, as I believe it, it, it's a personal decision. It's a very emotional decision. It's not an easy decision. And it should be made by a woman with her family and her doctor. There are some people, and I think they're in the minority, that believe it should be legal the entire for the entire nine months, which I do not agree with. And I think most people wouldn't agree with that, regardless on what side of the argument or discussion, shall we say, that they're on. So that's kind of where it is with me. Um, also, exceptions. You have to have exceptions because it's not, it's not a monolithic situation. Every person, every woman has their personal situation. And so in cases of rape, incest, absolutely, you should be able to make that choice for yourself. In cases of medical emergency, say, um, and again, I'm obviously not a doctor, but um, incidences of preeclampsia, say, which could happen even later on in the pregnancy, which can kill a woman. In those cases, then it's medically justified because I don't think you should have to um, sacrifice your life for your child. And again, those situations are rare but they do happen. There have to be exceptions. So reasonableness and moderation um, is my plea. However, we are living in a time of extremes and especially with social media, it gets very emotional, very divisive, and everybody has an opinion. Have you noticed that? <laughs> Including people uh, whom it doesn't affect. Um, and many of the lawmakers, not all of them, but many of them are, let's face it, men. And they don't have to face this, uh, this choice. I think that it should be something that's personal and private and that people shouldn't be judged or raked through the mud because of a decision that they make in their, in their life. But anyway... Um, also, and this is partly with regard to social media as well, that there's a lot of othering that goes on. Um, there are people on the right who are absolutely convinced, not, not all of them obviously, but there are people who believe that pro-choice people are just callous, horrible people that, who want to kill babies. And that's, that's not accurate. Um, I very much doubt there's anybody who's interested in killing babies. I think most, most people love babies um, and are delighted by them and, and want to protect them and to give them a beautiful life in which they can thrive. From the other side, um, many people on the left see the pro-life movement as an extension of the patriarchy. Um, They're convinced that that right-to-life people want to keep women down 
that they want to subjugate them, they want to keep them barefoot and pregnant. Well, many pro-lifers just have a problem with choosing to terminate a pregnancy because they see that as a sacred, a sacred thing. So there's misunderstanding between the extremes, but also on the other side, or rather I should say in the middle, between these extremes are most of us who have a moderate view, which is we feel, and I'm going to speak for the middle, or at least my little sliver of the middle, which is we believe that abortion is a pretty uh, tragic thing, a sad thing, a difficult thing, and it requires serious consideration, and it should be legal with reasonable certain limits, right? Also, this is the other thing, is that we have the role of the media. So we've got media on the right, we've got media on the left, and then we have independent voices. So the right and the left have been co-opted by who knows who, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to sound like I'm going down the tinfoil hat road here, but there is definitely there is definitely a move to divide people, divide people right to left, to polarize people, to keep people from meeting in the middle, to keep people from talking, to keep people from empathizing with one another. That said, I'm going to give you some reasons for hope. And I know that this is a very, again, it's a very emotional issue and, and people forget rational thought when they're talking about such topics. And we've seen this. I mean, I'm, I'm sure all of you have had that friend who has been screaming at you about, oh my God, they're trying to put us back in the kitchen. Oh my God, you know? And then other people saying, oh please, they're just putting it back to the States. Don't worry about it. Well, here are the reasons for hope. Okay, so the extremes do tend to balance themselves out. And I think that the right, the Republicans primarily, have, they've shot themselves in the foot with this one because you, you can't give people a right and then suddenly take it away. You, you can't put the genie back in the bottle, if you will. You can't put all the all the critters back into Pandora's box after it's opened. So this is going to be a serious issue for them and it's going to see it's going to it's going to play out in the subsequent elections. So we'll see about that. Um, again, it's an extreme position and extremes don't last. And most people, again, most people are in some gradient of the moderate middle. In fact, I had a really wonderful conversation with a friend of a friend who told me her personal story, which is, and she was raised Catholic, um, came from a pretty conservative family, and she became pregnant at 16. And she didn't feel she was ready, but she did make the choice to 
raise the child and um, she has a wonderful daughter and she's very happy with her decision. Um, however, what was interesting is that she told me that while she is personally pro-life for herself, she also doesn't want to take the right of choice away from other women if that choice is right for them. And I thought this was a very evolved, very mature point of view because she can empathize with someone who's in a different situation than she was. And she does understand the struggle. So I would ask you to hold her in mind and I also hold her as one of my reasons for hope, actually, because she's someone who can see both sides of the same coin. So I, I guess you could also say that one of my other reasons for hope is people like her, but also um, that most people want a reasonable solution. My other reasons for hope are people like Matt Taibbi, Russell Brand, John McWhorter, Bill Maher, people who are working to find truth and they're not stoking a political agenda. Now, these people have not necessarily spoken specifically about the abortion issue. However, um, they are guiding lights in our time with regard to controversial issues. Again, they're not interested in a leftist agenda, a rightist agenda. They're interested in veritas, right? So I would, my plea is for people to come together and to not condemn one another for their views because people believe what they believe because of their experience. They also believe what they believe because they have been exposed to certain views that can be how they grew up, that can be the media. And so I think there's a certain amount of compassion that is necessary to, to have with regard to another's point of view. Because you're not going to change hearts and minds if you're yelling at them. I mean, if somebody's screaming at me, my instinct is to just sh turn off, to just shut them down. So my plea would, that, would be that uh, people come together, have discussions, and focus on what it is that you have in common. Um, my bet is that someone who is pro-choice, again, here, here are the labels, pro-choice, pro-life. Just because you're pro-choice, doesn't mean you're pro-death, um, it just means that you're pro-choice. Those who are pro-life, um, I, I have respect for people who are very consistent across the board with their belief systems. For example, I have known people who were pro-life and also anti-gun and anti-death penalty. So for them, pro-life is across the board, it's very consistent. There's no hypocrisy in there. And I think, well, you know, I respect that. I, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I respect it. Um, so consistency and lack of hypocrisy, I think, is 
important in one's belief system. And it can be difficult in these times that we live in. So again, no condemnation for hypocrisy. We all do it. <laughs> We're all hypocrites on one thing or another. I would ask for those on the left. And you know what? I, I was identified as someone who was, I was identified as a liberal Democrat um, of the old school. So sort of a Jack Kennedy, liberal Democrat. How's that? Bobby Kennedy, liberal Democrat. I think the left has gone way left, um, much farther than I can relate to, um, but I can also empathize. I get it. But I find myself swimming somewhere in the middle these days. But what I would like the left, if you can call them that, because again, People are not all one thing. They're not a monolith on one side or the other. There are infinite gradients of opinion and experience along the spectrum. One of the things that has been, well, that I don't like is that the abortion issue has become political, and I suppose it always has been, and it shouldn't be. It's, it's personal. And I, I would like to see it go back to that as opposed to being a political football, the hot button issue, the thing that keeps Democrats voting for Democrats, even if there's no other reason to, um, as some people have told me. Um, it's always that issue. I also know Republicans who are pro-choice, and uh, they don't have a lot of support in their party for being pro-choice, and uh, that bothers some of them. So again, I'm talking about moderates here. And we just had a big crack of thunder. I don't know if you heard that. What I'd like the left, folks on the left, to understand that they need to be more understanding about where the right to life view is, where it comes from. Um, I know people on the right who feel very passionately about protecting babies. That's, that's how they see it. Um, and it's... It's a very serious issue for them, and they feel that they're championing the life of this unborn child. So that's how many of the people on the right think. Um, but again, the left will paint it as, it's the patriarchy, uh, we're going back to handmaid, it's the handmaid's tale all over again, uh, you know, and I, I think that's a bit of fear-mongering, honestly. So, sorry, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get some, whoa, hello. You probably heard that. <laughs> Didn't I say this was a divisive issue? I would like to ask the right folks who are more conservative, who are right to life folks. Um, many of them purport to be passionate supporters of the Bill of Rights and the Constitution and life, liber liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And my question for them would be, if you believe in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, um, isn't it a good idea to give people that liberty, to give them choice, to give them agency, to give them autonomy, to make the decisions that are right for them, and to make their own personal choices? Because, you know, women don't have abortions for fun. 
Um, and they don't make that decision lightly and they're not cavalier about it. So that is what I would say to folks on the right. So what are the solutions? Solutions to this issue? Because I am, I'm struggling with this in the sense that I have moved to Tennessee, which is a beautiful place, lovely people, and we are very grateful to be here. And I look at the abortion law and I think, wow, um, I have an issue with it, I have to say. And so I'm looking at ways to address that. Um, I think I will probably reach out to the governor, senators. Um, I'm not going to scream at them or condemn them. I'm just simply going to um, maybe make some points that I've made here. I think you guys maybe have helped me to kind of figure out what I can do. Um, because this issue doesn't affect me. I'm a woman in my 50s, but it does affect women in this state and around the country who are of childbearing age. Another solution, and I touched on this before, is about listening and empathizing because I really do believe that we have more in common than we don't across the human experience. And that really is what Conversations from Here is about. It's about idea exchange. Now, I realize I don't have a guest on, so <laughs> I have, this is a long monologue, and, um, and uh, maybe it's a conversation with you, the listener, maybe. Um, and again, I, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm not turning anybody off. I, I, my hope is, my, my wish is that maybe I give, give you something to think about. Um, whether you're on the right or the left in terms of politics, I would ask you to consider that people have their belief systems based upon their experience and their upbringing, and, and it's necessary to have compassion and to, and to listen. And because we live in a world where social media has such sway, Everything is reduced to sound bites and little bumper stickers and memes. And it's very easy to hate on somebody you don't know. It's very easy to condemn someone uh, into whose eyes you're not looking. So find some commonality. Also too, be not so quick to judge another person. Again, this gets back to people speaking from their experience, and that may be very different from yours. So a little understanding, a little compassion, and also understanding that people who don't share your views are not monsters. They're people too. So I think I've given it a good, a good shot. Um, I really appreciate you all listening or y'all listening, now that I'm in Tennessee, I gotta get the y'alls in. And thank you for having come so far. Now we're over 30 minutes of me yakking away about this uh, very controversial subject. My prayer and my hope is that we can find understanding, that we can find dialogue, that we can find reasonable solutions because my fear is that 
there are a lot of women who are going to be hurt by these abortion bans. And I don't want to see that. I want things to be better for everyone. And also, I, I would suggest that for those people for whom abortion is, is, not, is not okay, then I would suggest, then, and I don't mean to be snarky when I say this, but I would just suggest that don't have one. You know, that's okay. You can choose not to. But my plea is to, within reasonable limits, to allow it to be safe, legal, and rare. So thank you so much. I hope that next time I have a guest and we can go back to conversations from here and we can share inspiring stories about life, about doing the work that you love, and about coming together and being joyful and lifting each other up. Thank you again for listening. I love every single one of you, and I so appreciate all your support. And again, thank you for considering ideas that might be uncomfortable. So I hope we can all come together. Life is a sacred thing, but sometimes there are also extenuating circumstances. So for now, take good care of yourselves, take good care of each other, and as always, I will see you on the other side. I promise. Thank you.